My grandmother enjoyed the freedom that driving gave her. Many of her friends her age had had their horrible children take away their cars. As she took a hard left into the parking lot of the neighborhood grocery store, so hard she actually mounted the curb briefly, she thought to herself, That'll never happen to me. I'm still an excellent driver. Now, exercising her favorite part of her advanced age of 75 and her many health issues, she sped through the parking lot toward the accessible spot near the door. She was impatient behind the wheel, Sitting atop a cushion to see over it, she would honk at people walking back to their cars with their carts to get out of her way and point emphatically at her accessible parking tag on her dashboard. In her mind, this blue sticker gave her the right not only to the best parking spots, but to do whatever she wanted with absolutely no repercussions. In this spirit, when she saw that there was a discarded shopping cart in her parking space, she simply nudged it out of the way with her car. She went into the store and went about her shopping. If this was like her usual grocery trips, she did the following. Grabbed the couple of items she truly needed, then took some time to go to various departments and complain. God forbid she found a person giving out samples. The standard complaints for them were either the samples were too hot or too cold. Or, worst of all, too hot in the ethnic way, by which she meant spicy. Some elderly people do puzzles to keep the mind sharp. My grandmother would have said that she played cards to retain her mental dexterity. The truth, though, it was complaining. My grandmother was asking for the manager when present-day Karens were still just pretending that some boy pushed them on the playground to get attention. She cashed out and headed back to the parking lot to her car. My grandmother's car had many dents, dings, and scratches. Though only about 10 or 15 years old at this point, it didn't look like the cute little silver SUV it once was. It looked like a well-worn World War I Jeep, like it had seen battle. My grandmother had a very strange relationship with the mirrors in her car. To her, they had one use, and that was vanity. Just there to look at herself. Being able to see what was going on on the road? Who needs it? Her seemingly prevailing feeling about driving was that other drivers should simply get out of her way. She put her car in reverse and floored it out of the spot, hitting something as she did. Now why do people keep leaving these stupid carts everywhere, she thought as she pulled away and headed toward the exit of the parking lot. As she got to the exit, a green pickup truck pulled up behind her and honked. My grandmother reflexively rolled down her window and flipped the driver off as she pulled out of the parking lot and began the five-minute drive back home. As she drove, she kept hearing honking, but paid it no mind. At a red light, a green pickup truck pulled up beside her honking rolled down their window and motioned for her to do the same, yelling something she couldn't hear. The light turned green, Grandma flipped them off and continued on her way. The honking continued until she got near the house. She pulled into the driveway, got out of the car, and headed into the house, dropping the keys on the entryway table and yelling to my dad that she was back from the store. He knew what this meant. He needed to go bring in the groceries and bring them upstairs for her. 
He headed toward the door, grabbed the keys, and walked out to the car. There was a green pickup truck in front of the house with a very agitated man standing in front of it. Odd, he thought, shrugging it off and opening my grandma's car to grab the groceries. As he did, the man yelled out to him, Where's the old lady that was driving that car? After a moment of trying to figure out a way he could pretend to not know her, my dad said, That's my mother's car. Adding, Why? What did she do now? She hit my car and took off, the man said. I tried to get her attention to let her know. I followed her back here honking the entire way and she just ignored me. Except those couple of times she flipped me off. They exchanged insurance information, talked for a couple of minutes, and the man was on his way. My dad grabbed my grandmother's groceries and headed inside to bring them to her, and to have a little chat about this incident. As my dad put her groceries away in the fridge, he told her what the man had said happened. She looked incredulous. It had been a number of years since her facelift, and she was now finally able to express this type of emotion again. Indignantly, she said, I didn't hit anyone with my car. I think I'd know if I did. Sure, I hit a couple of shopping carts in the parking lot, but that's what bumpers are for. She then slowly added, That does explain the honking on the way home, though. She absolutely denied flipping off the other driver, saying she was waving, but just with one finger. My dad then laid out his case for why he felt it would be best if she didn't drive at all anymore. She told him that he was just another one of those horrible children, and that he wasn't taking her car away. Then she waved at him with one finger. Offended, he went back downstairs, now even more determined than ever to get her off the road. Welcome to From Grandma with Shade, a podcast where I pay tribute to my outrageous and often problematic grandmother by sharing first and secondhand stories about her life. Although she would have loved the idea of a podcast about her, once I explained to her what a podcast was, she probably would not have really appreciated the stories that I've chosen to share with you. The stories are real, though they have been embellished over time in the way that happens when a story is told many times over many, many years. When I was five, I loved spending time in the car with my grandma. She had a little red two-seater convertible that we called her beach car. I like to imagine that my grandma was so fancy that she had a totally separate car that she only drove to the beach. She'd gotten me a little toy steering wheel and gear shift so I could sit in the passenger seat and pretend I was driving. Now before you start writing me concerned emails, this was 1986, 
Five-year-olds can still sit in the passenger seat. Car seat, you say? What's that? You were lucky if you were even told to put your seatbelt on. My grandma and I would drive around and she would use the opportunity to teach me to drive because according to her, when I was playing with the toy steering wheel, I was doing it all wrong. I learned so many lessons from her in those car rides. She would tell me things like, they're never gonna stop you if you're only doing 40 over the limit. Or, if you just use your horn loud enough, everyone will get out of your way. Or even this doozy. If there are no pedestrians or other cars around, a stop sign is just a suggestion. Those were good times together in the car. Very bad advice, but very good times. By my early teen years, when we lived together, my grandma's drives were just something I had to suffer through to get where I needed to go. Her road rage and bad driving were still a terrifying combination, but I was too young to drive myself and did, and still do, hate taking public transit. Getting in the car with grandma seemed a worthwhile risk to get to friends' houses, the mall, the park, wherever I needed to go. One day, my grandma and her boyfriend were driving me and my best girlfriend to the mall. We were going to meet up with some other friends and head to Claire's to get our ears pierced, which I informed my grandmother of en route to the mall. She turned to me, eyes now off the road, and asked me to assure her I wasn't getting my ear pierced and was just accompanying my friend. I told her that I was in fact getting my ear pierced, perhaps even a couple of times. Oh no, she said, adding that people were going to think I was gay. She gave me some back-in-my-day story about the kinds of men who got their ears pierced. It definitely involved more use of the word sissy than I would have liked. Just as I clarified that I would not be getting the gay ear pierced, my grandma leaned on her horn and took a very hard left into the mall parking lot. Safe to say the pedestrians who were currently crossing jumped out of the way. My grandma turned to us with a smile. Her boyfriend instinctively reached for the wheel and held it steady as she shared her timeless advice. If you just use your horn loud enough, everyone just gets out of your way. My friend looked at me wide-eyed, astonished by the guidance. I mirrored back her wide-eyed look as if I hadn't heard this terrifying advice hundreds of times and told my grandma to keep her eyes on the road. We pulled up in front of the entrance, and as we got out of the car and began to head into the mall, my grandma yelled out, DON'T LET THEM DO THE GAY EAR! I apologized to my friend for my grandmother's comments and her dangerous driving as we hurried into the mall to meet our other friends. 
Though my grandma had offered to pick us up later, we agreed it would be better to just take the bus. In my mid-teens, one Christmas Eve, we were leaving my aunt and uncle's house. There was a huge snowstorm, so my parents thought it would be best if my grandma and her boyfriend not drive home themselves. Instead, we all piled in my grandmother's car to head home, with my mom driving. I was stuck in the back with grandma and her boyfriend and not looking forward to the next hour and a half back there, or possibly even longer with the weather. Well, we weren't even five minutes into our voyage when some commotion began in the front seat. My mom eventually came to a stop on the side of the road. After a very deep, calming breath or two, she turned to my grandma and said, Do you know that your brakes aren't working? My grandmother's response? It's been like that for a while. I cackled as my mom and dad began the onslaught of questions. How long have you been driving with no brakes? Don't you know how dangerous that is? Why didn't you warn me? My grandmother seemed annoyed by the questioning and retorted, Oh, how often do you use your brakes anyways? By the time I was 19, I still had no license and continued to rely on the drives from my grandma. But the destinations had really changed. Grandma had a rule, though. If you're out after the subway stops running, you call me and I'll pick you up. When she set that rule, though, I don't think she had any idea of the types of places she'd be picking me up. Sure, every now and then she was still dropping me off at the mall or at my part-time job. But my grandma was also picking me up late at night in some very un-grandma-like places. By this age, I was already out to my grandmother. After her initial nonchalant reaction and then her horrifying comments at Christmas, this was just something we didn't talk about. But my grandma was so great at compartmentalizing things that she could just come and pick me up outside a bar in Toronto's gay neighborhood, Church Street, and still just ignore the topic of my sexuality altogether. One Friday night in the summer, my grandma agreed to pick me up. Her and her boyfriend would meet me at 2.15 a.m. in front of Woody's on Church Street. My grandma was always willing to drive me around and pick me up at odd times and odd places, but it was always better when her boyfriend was driving. Sure, as she would have said, he needed to DRIVE FASTER! But at least his driving was safe. Heck, his hands were always on the wheel and he always had his eyes on the road. Both big steps up from grandma. I stumbled out of the bar at 2.30 hand in hand with a guy who I'd just met. We steadied ourselves against a car and began to drunkenly make out. After a couple of minutes, he suggested we grab some food quickly to just sober up a bit. A great idea, I said, thinking to myself, oh good, this'll help me pull it together before grandma gets here. We headed off in the direction of pizza. We hadn't taken more than a few steps when I heard a strange screeching noise behind me. 
I turned to see what that wretched noise was and saw my grandmother's head sticking out of the passenger window of the car I'd just been making out against. I said goodbye to my new friend. He tried to kiss me goodbye, but I swerved his attempt. I couldn't make out with him in front of my grandma. Well, not again, at least. As I poured myself into the car, she remarked only that I was late, nothing else, no comment on what she'd just seen. Her boyfriend, apparently having not gotten the memo to just pretend he hadn't seen anything, said, Does your, um, friend need a ride home? I said he didn't, and we were off. As we headed toward home, my grandmother had a lot of questions. But not one of them was about what she'd just seen. She asked about my job at the Sunglass Hut. She asked about school. She asked these questions very rapidly. She was determined to not leave any opportunity for discussion of what she'd just seen happening pressed against the window of the car. And not just that, she avoided the topic of where I'd been entirely. Remember when I said she was good at compartmentalizing? Clearly it was one of her superpowers. After I moved out, I was rarely in the car with my grandmother behind the wheel anymore. Her boyfriend was doing most of the driving for the two of them at this point. But don't worry, Grandma still got behind the wheel. While her road rage had subsided in these years, her driving had become worse. Hard to even imagine, really. She was certainly getting a lot more use out of her bumpers. In the months leading up to the incident where she hit the green pickup truck and gave the driver the old one-finger wave, she had been getting progressively more confused behind the wheel. How do I know this if I wasn't in the car with her that much? You see, it's not just me who doesn't have a driver's license. My dad also doesn't drive. Never has. So my grandmother would drive him to places like the grocery store, the pharmacy, doctor's appointments, or doggy daycare to drop off and pick up my parents' little dog, a pug named Rags. One afternoon, returning home from picking up the dog, my grandma took one of her signature hard left turns while holding down the horn. To her, the horn was the only turn signal she needed. Well, she didn't really turn hard enough and ended up half on the sidewalk and half on the road. She proceeded this way for what was probably mere seconds, but likely felt like an eternity to my dad and possibly even Rags. She then turned to my dad and very earnestly asked, Are we on the road? No, you're on the sidewalk, my dad exclaimed. Oh, so we are, my grandmother said as she course-corrected and got the car entirely back on the road. My dad was alarmed. Not only had she mounted the sidewalk, but she also wasn't even fully aware that she had. This was worrisome. You'd think this would have been the final straw for her driving, but it was not. That didn't happen until about a week after she'd hit that green pickup truck. My grandmother wanted to go to the pharmacy. My dad made up a reason he needed to go with her, as he no longer wanted her out there on the road alone. 
He knew there was no stopping her. It was senior's day at the pharmacy. My dad got in the car and, as he always did, fastened and quadruple-checked his seatbelt. In the last week, they'd had many conversations about her no longer driving. This was the topic of discussion, in fact, as they headed toward the pharmacy on this winter day. My grandmother driving while looking at my dad and saying he was one of those HORRIBLE CHILDREN as she gave him a one-finger wave. But she really should have been paying more attention to the road. Or my dad screaming. How annoying, she thought. Why won't he just let me make my point? What did he even mean by look out, anyway? It was at that exact moment that the car hit a large icy snowbank. It didn't crash into it, though. Oh, no. The car flew off the snowbank and got air before smashing into the ground. The car came to a halt and my dad quickly reached over, threw the car in park, and pulled the keys out. He then asked my grandma if she was okay, to which she responded, Of course, why wouldn't I be? Because we literally just flew through the air off a snowbank, my dad yelled. Oh, you're so dramatic. It was just a little bump, my grandmother said as they got out of the car to assess the damage. The car did not appear to have experienced a little bump. All four axles were bent, and there was a lot of damage to her trusty bumpers. The car was completely undrivable. They began the brief walk back to the house, which they could still see from where they were. My dad needed to call for her car to be towed. The entire walk back, despite all of the very clear physical evidence to the contrary that she had just seen, my grandmother would still not admit that any major damage had occurred. It was just a few dings here and there. When she found out that her car was a write-off, Grandma said that getting a new car was just going to be too much hassle, so she decided not to. She was going to give up driving, but to be clear, the reason was not because she couldn't do it anymore. Or never could. A couple of years before my grandma passed, my dad was at the kitchen window doing dishes as he so regularly did. Grandma and her boyfriend had just headed out to his car. Should he have asked where they were going? Oh well, he thought, sure they'd be home soon. Grandma's boyfriend was still fine behind the wheel. Slower than ever, but fine, or at least fine-ish. My dad kept washing dishes as his mind wandered for a few minutes. His daydreaming was broken though when he noticed they were still sitting in the car out front. They hadn't moved yet. He shrugged it off and finished the dishes. As he wiped down the counters and put things away, he once again noticed the car was still there. Weird. They'd been sitting there now for at least 10 or 15 minutes. His chores now finished, he slipped on his Crocs and went outside to check on them. 
As he approached the car, it was clear they were deep in conversation. Perhaps they were just chatting about something intently and were going to head out once they were done. Just to be sure, he knocked on the window. Grandma rolled her window down and my dad leaned down and asked, Where are you guys off to? Funny you'd ask, she said, adding, We were wondering the same thing. As he got them back into the house, he thought, well, this is it. He can't drive anymore either. But he still did. For several more months, in fact. Join me next week for a new tall tale of the old short woman I called Grandma. Next week on From Grandma with Shade. We'll explore my grandmother's unusual relationship with the truth when... Grandma lies. <laughs>